life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. I'm so addicted to the podcast that when I'm not on it, I still listen. <laughs> what? You, you, you and Chance seem to have a lot of fun on the last episode. We did have a lot yeah. of fun. I'm really glad. We, we really called glad. you out. You, I know you, you did. Noticed. I heard. I we heard, were very yeah. dispassionate, even though we love Lotus. Yes. You, you, we were you able to put staunch, Lotus You staunchly walked away from Lotus. But I, on the other hand, who has two low tie? Agreed. They agreed. had two low tie. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't heard that podcast, go listen to it. It's actually the the one prior to this podcast. Yeah, for sure. And I was just thinking to myself, to think that this used to be half an hour, and then it crept to 40, 45. And now an hour blows by. We go, well, we're not quite done yet. So (laughs) uh, speaking of that, we actually have two great car debates this evening. We have uh, Ali writing in from the UK, and we also have uh, Lucas writing in from Orange County. But that's that's Orange County, New York, I should clarify. Uh, I think Orange County, I don't think New York. But that's where he's writing in from. So we have both of those. We're going to try to cover them both kind of quickly because you guys have buried us. And I mean... In some amazing questions, yeah, kudos we a lot to of good creativity. questions to cover. So hopefully we'll do those after the break. Uh, in case you don't know, let's run through headlines real quick. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes, stuff is still happening on YouTube. This week is the Legends piece. Yes, it's all out on Vimeo. You can see it on demand. Yep. Yes, it's coming to Amazon in the next couple of weeks. We will let you know. Yes, pilgrimage is happening in August. Uh, and yes, we're still on TV till the end of March. I've done it right there. Well, there's also we're we're going to be going to California to begin shooting season three yes. this weekend. That's another yes. So. Um, Season three is happening. happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're, so we're busy. If you want to see the headlines, that's the headlines. That's the extra, extra read all about Things it. Um, but we wanted to dive into these right real quick. Yeah, no kidding. So we've got Ali's story. With uh, Ali has two kind of cars with uh, cars with history. Yeah, we've covered the emotion part of cars, but this really stuck out. Ali, thanks so much for writing. He's in the UK with his wife Victoria. They currently own a 2004 Jag XK8. Okay, put that in your mind. And then a 2002 BMW 330Ci. He says, you know, as you can imagine, cars are a huge part of my life. These two cars in particular because the BMW was bought for his mom brand new as a wedding present. And he says it has every single option box ticked that could be conceived at the time. It's Mm -hmm. a convertible, special paint, body kit, has a TV, removable hardtop, electric everything. (laughs) And he was picked up from school in that car as he was growing up. So huge sentimentality around this car. And then inherited it. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. So he he thought, I'm not going to let the dealer get you know and as a result pounds for it. Yeah. No way. As a result, really really hard to let that car go. Yeah. So then moving on to the Jag, and he said it's special for two reasons. Now when he was growing up, he he um, had uh, a, a Jag XKR in his life by virtue of his grandfather. Yeah. Who passed and we're sorry for your loss. Uh, passed away around three years ago. Mm-hmm. And so this put the Jag thing in you. Of course, you're sure. British. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we surprised? But, but because of that history, he needed to own one, and that's why he ended up having a little bit of money to buy this XK80. I mean, he bought it used. He bought it for thirteen thousand pounds. It yeah. wasn't like he went out and bought a new one. But as a result, that car has its own bit of family history. But yeah, it also it has, if I can be so bold, a little <laughs> bit of uh, Jaguar. Um, Told you so about it. Uh, and I'm a guy um, that likes British cars, let's be honest. What is the right word? Proclivities? But, uh, the, yeah. the right uh, inherent It's, it's living uh, up to structure. the reputation. Yeah. And, and I mean the worst of it. Luckily, it does not have Lucas Electrics. You have avoided that. Yeah, no Lucas, kidding. get home before dark. But uh, the, uh, the, the <laughs> exactly. XK8 that he has is starting to nickel and dime him, and he's realizing there's a lot of rust to solve now. Uh, uh-oh. What do we do with this car? Yeah. He's saying you know, his business was taken off. He bought this XK8. He would have gotten the R, but it was just out of his price range. And so he's describing the worst case scenario of rust in the rear arches. Mm -hmm. He does mention the electrical problems, even though despite not being Lucas Electrics, it's living up. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) How nice, right? It rains here. Don't take that car through the car wash. What are you talking about? Oh, it's dark and rainy? No, no, no. Don't leave the garage. Get get a different car. Stay home. Yeah. So uh, there's also uh, some electronic issues. He says he's been putting <laughs> 2,000 pounds a year into the Jag in yeah. small chunks. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's at the point where it's nickel and diamond him to mm-hmm. death. Well, but this is a conversation we've had before. Once the amount of maintenance you're putting into it, let's say you own a car outright. And, and yeah, it's great when you do. Sure. But if the amount of maintenance you're putting into that car is the equivalent of you paying off a decent monthly payment every month, it might be time to move on. Unless it's a mid-'80s 911. 
<laughs> I guess. <laughs> Can you hear his eyeballs rolling, everyone? Yeah, seriously. Anyway. Uh-huh. In, anyway. All right. So he says, I might be able to afford all of this reality. I, he might be able to just continue indefinitely doing this. Patch up the jag. Is what is is that? That's what that that headline is. We're gonna patch up the jag, honey. I'm keeping the jag. That's Yikes. really that's part of the podcast title right there. But he says his wife will end up leaving him. <laughs> Oops. Okay, so that's a consideration. That's a big consideration. <laughs> that's a consideration to, um, to, to change things. That's a consideration. It's on the wow, list. Wow, that's it makes terrible. The list, right. <laughs> Oh, wow. And uh, on a very not funny note, he said his mother-in-law passed away very unexpectedly in her sleep at only 63 years old. We are very sorry for your loss, uh, Victoria, and uh, both you guys. So he's helping Victoria sort things out. And then we don't know. They might be going to Spain for six months and or moving somewhere else entirely. They're just not sure. I mean, this this death in the family has kind of thrown a lot of new challenges into their life. And that's, yeah. that's the reason for the possible move. I mean, they're not really sure what's next. So that is the extra complication on top of, if I throw money at this car, my wife just might say that's it. <laughs> and actually, probably the way that that's actually works, just so you know, Ali, the way that actually works is she doesn't leave you. By the way, <laughs> she puts your stuff in a wad in the jag and says, go. There's no her leaving. If it starts or not. Yeah, there's no her leaving in that scenario. You're leaving, and you're right. taking the rusty jag down the road with you. So let's – yeah, I think – I hate to say this because you've had history with it, but you're also kind of realizing this is what's happening. I think the bell is tolling for that jag, and it's time for it to go. Yeah, and you know, I'm actually thinking both cars. I uh, we have addressed the, like I said, the uh, sentimentality of cars in your life. For sure, cars for that sure. are inherited, like anything, and that's hard. I agreed, and I'm not, um, I'm not, you know, diminishing the fact that you know this BMW you you got picked up from school, and that is the car, not one like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the connection to your grandfather's Jag, I get it. However, you've written here to us, you're saying, you know, I don't want to sell these cars, but you might have to for life reasons, for Mm -hmm. money reasons, and the unknown reasons. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to start out with, before we get to your budget of 10,000 pounds and limiting to me to 15,000 pounds for something next. But it's UK used cars. You're still kind of extravaganza there. You're like, well, well, buddy, I hate to say it, but it's actually like 15 is 12, right? I I haven't looked at the exchange rate lately. It's not about the exchange rate, though. It's about the fact that cars fall off cliffs over there. Well, they do. So 10,000 pounds, $10,000 here, you're like, (laughs) we got to be careful. 10,000 pounds over there, you're like, look what I can get. Anyway. 911s for everyone. No, not quite that much. But I'm going to start in a place where it's, um, I'm thinking about your life and moving on. And I think about Mm. what if these cars had to go into storage? Hmm. I mean, yeah. just to solve an initial problem. That's why storage units exist all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people end up paying money to own stuff there that is not in their life. Yeah. I've had to do this. Many people have had to do this. It's just a reality. Yeah. And I get it for for many reasons. But imagine these two cars being stored for six months or longer. Mm, mm. Now imagine your rust problem. <laughs> Now imagine what you're you, going to have to do when both are not driven regularly. You wow. still have them. You thought it was rusty when you locked the door. <laughs> Welcome home. I didn't. It, the floor's just covered in dust. What? <laughs> I parked a car in here. I thought. <laughs> anyway, so I'm I'm thinking about you know the long term storage of it all, and you're yeah, thinking, yeah. okay, that's a solution. You know, just close your eyes, bury your head in the sand, walk away. The cars are stored. We've solved yeah. the problem. Yeah. No, you haven't. <laughs> You've just kicked it down the road till later. Exactly. You've just pushed yeah, it off. Yeah. And I'm thinking, all right, even the BMW, those things not driven, they're, they're not going to like that. Mm. Well, and he doesn't say what the mileage is of that car either. No. For all we know, that's no. a fairly high mileage mile car too. It, it could very well be. So both of these cars are going to need a fair amount of money. Let's say mm-hmm. you take them out of storage. Let's say you sell the Jag and take the BMW with you or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's starting to get to a more reasonable thing. And and so I, I would say to start out with, Ali, you're going to have to give yourself permission to make a decision. Mm. Nobody else can make the decision but you and Victoria together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guys are going to have to give yourselves to to be okay with the decision you reach and give yourselves permission to do so. Well, I think it's permission to sell cars you have attachment to as well. Very much so. And yeah. the photos that you have and make a thing, make a scrapbook, make a 
whatever that is. A That's mood never board. happened on this podcast. No, mood board, mood board. You would say, but you just said make a scrapbook. I, I did. Did I and say scrapbook? I am shocked that just came out of your that's, mouth. That's not what I meant. What I no, meant was that's a, fine. a place it's, it's to store there. photos so you can look back. It's on out them there later, now. Whatever that book is. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm just saying, take those memories and. You know, both Todd and I have had to do that with various cars in our lives. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For you, the 300Z. Mm-hmm. For me, the 928. Mm-hmm. Love those cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of us, I think, I'm speaking for you, but I think we'd have those cars back in our lives. Absolutely. In a yeah. heartbeat. If if I hadn't, if I had had the money and storage to just keep that 300ZX, I would have done it. Back to storage. Absolutely. You see my Absolutely. point. Of course I do, yeah. And that's costing you money, Allie, mm-hmm. that I think you and Victoria don't have or don't want to do right now. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spend that money. Well, it's the fact that they may be moving around that makes that makes that quickly come into focus. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So I'm wondering if uh, leasing is for you. Interesting. Hadn't gone there. I see where you... I see. I see. Okay. Because you're talking about, say, 10,000 pounds. Let's call it 12 to 15, somewhere in there. <laughs> we started at 10 and... How did we arrive at 22,000 pounds? <laughs> I don't know what happened. Suddenly, there it is. I slipped. There. We spent 22 grand. Anyway. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, because of the transient nature of your situation. Mm, that's good. I'm that's wondering really good. if a short-term yeah. lease might actually solve the problem. And yeah, you're going to have to let these cars go, it sounds like. Because mm. can you imagine paying three, $400 a month, pounds a month, whatever, Yeah, yeah, yeah. knowing that you've got this... You know, two albatrosses hanging around your neck. Well, that's, when you get yeah. back and you open the doors, neither of them start... Two dead batteries. Yeah, and what what do they both need? Yeah, I mean alternators, and mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. does that look like? I'm not discounting. I promise, I'm not discounting the sentimentality of it. Sure, sure, sure. Because well, if you could, like both Todd and I just said, if if we yeah. could, we we would have hung on to those cars. But as Ali said, he's recognized the the, the rising problem list, if you will, mm-hmm. with this Jag. He's recognized that. So I feel like as much as you love the Jag, you're you're willing to let it go. I do find it interesting. Plus, you've got Victoria, so I yeah, mean, which is a win. So I, I, think so. I, I do think at the same time, though, you, you're talking about him selling both of them. I do think it's interesting that he kind of mentions the the, the three series, and then never. It's not even on the table. Yeah. It's not even on the radar of yeah, this car I could be something I could, I could sell. He didn't even allude to it. And, again. I, and I am going <laughs> to say to you, Ali, could you sell that car? Could you? How much does that change the situation? Yeah. If you guys are going to be transient and you're not really sure where you're going to be over the next six months to a year, does it make sense to sell both cars? I think that is an interesting point you brought up there, Paul, because maybe it does. That is going to really hurt, but maybe it does. I actually stayed in the area of the three series stays, which I got to be honest, I'm not sure it needs to. Yeah. But I just assumed that it's staying and I'm looking on your on in your In a budget. storage shed somewhere. Well, depending on where they end up, it might, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But- I mean, if they stay there, and then it's it's one of their cars. I get it. Right. And by the way, you don't mention if Victoria has another car. I assume she does not, but who knows? Uh, so anyway, we've got ten thousand pounds to work with. Fifteen on the high side. I went shopping to try to replace that Jaguar. But here's where that's difficult. Really? I did. I did. I thought, okay, let's just say for sake of argument that the three series does stay. Okay. And it isn't a money pit. Let's just because it hasn't been mentioned. The Jag's been mentioned at length. <laughs> so let's say the three series is okay. Can we replace that Jag? And it's interesting the way you define it, Ali, I think is really, really cool. You talk about how you want to have a car that has personality and grace like the Jag. And it made me think about the fact that those are two traits that I would rarely describe in the same car. Interesting description. I agree. I, I saw that and I thought, I don't know that anybody has ever written to describe uh, this is what I'm looking for in a car. And and I think very few cars do both of those. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, an S-Class, graceful. Filled with personality? Not really. Aston Martins do, don't they? Aston Martin does this. I think Aston Martin is one of the rare... Can get grand in the UK? That's the problem. <laughs> one of the rare pro, rare things is Aston mm. Martin pulls this off. They do. That's but their if, signature thing. But I think thing. most of the cars that I love, they are full of personality. Yeah. I don't know if any of them are graceful, though. Yeah. The cars I love, full of personality. Very much so. But not great. Could not cars I would describe as graceful? So anyway, that, that's the difficult part of this. Because Blunt, the other thing purposeful. Is, yes, the, those things, yes. Sharp, <laughs> frantic. These are all adjectives that work for cars I love. Exactly. Graceful is not one of them. Not built by the manufacturer that, whose badge is on the hood. That is also a common thread. You're very right. Also British. Not sure what's wrong with me. But anyway, people really should check. Uh, anyway, moving on. We do have therapists that listen to the podcast. Boy, could they have a heyday in my <laughs> yeah. brain. I'm not sure they want to. Anyway, yeah, that's a scary, scary day. Uh, Moving on. But here's the thing. 
You don't want to spend over your budget, but you also want something that is hopefully a little bit better in miles per gallon and reliable, which is typically also runs counter to full of personality. Yes, this is what Astons and Jags and British cars. So I have... McLarens have personality. I have two, I think, are options for you that I want you to drive both of them. Okay. I have a crazy wild card as well. All right. But I have two. And one of them is, believe it or not, for this budget, you can find Audi S5s. S5s? S5s for this budget in the UK. Because I looked them up. Now... The S5s you're going to find are probably going to be the V8s, which means your miles per gallon is probably not going to be improved. <laughs> that's um, putting it mildly, yeah. Allie. So if that's out of your range, drive a well-equipped A5 because they're still great. Yeah. Now, obviously, you may want to just shop A5 just to keep something that is a little bit just it isn't the bleeding edge of your budget and hopefully doesn't have as high a miles. Hmm. So maybe A5 is the better answer. But I think I was trying to think of something that's got that classy GT. I'm just thinking classy GT car when I think what he must like about that Jaguar. Okay. 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 Classy GT car, but modern. Very nice. I don't know that it has the quirky personality of the Jag. In fact, I would say it does not. But I think you can't deny that the car is just classy and cool. Hmm. Hmm. Jumping from that, I found a lot of these in, in the UK for right around 10 grand. And I think it will run, get good gas mileage, be very reliable. I think it is, if the Jag is a 10, let's just say for sake of argument, in grace and personality, I think this car is a 7 or 8 in both. I don't think it's as high, but I think it does a little bit of both. Infinity G37 Coupe. Oh, interesting. It's going to run. It's, it's going to run. better gas mileage. Yeah. It's not as graceful and full of personality as the Jaguar. It won't be. But it's going <laughs> to well, do everything else pretty well. Say that well. about a lot of things. It's going to do everything else pretty well. You know, so I think that's those are those are my two that I think you really should drive and consider seriously. Did you price those out too? Do you find examples? That's the thing. Both of those in this budget, You're in that absolutely, range, absolutely for sure. Hmm, this is great. This is why this debate is so much fun because I went in a different direction. Great, and it's actually even more unexpected. I am still kind of thinking about this BMW over here. If you could sell it, I I would say wrestle with that decision. I encourage you to. At least entertain it. How about that? Okay. I think I'm not good. saying no, do I think it. It's a I'm good just challenge. saying it's a good challenge. Entertain that thought. See mm-hmm. how far you take it. Okay. <laughs> see how it feels. Just try this thought on. That's terrible. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually, because of your transient situation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and again, we don't know where you're going to end up, I'm actually kind of telling you to suck it up. And what I mean by that is to either get something very inexpensive that just works like smart a car. Mazda 3 oh, wait, or no. a Honda Civic or smart car 2. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway, something that is economical, mm-hmm. Japanese, inexpensive, and don't spend all your budget. I know you're wondering, where did Paul go? Whoa. How long was I gone from the podcast? Yeah, you've gone a lot. It's been years, man. Yeah. Um, Something that is, uh, like I said, economical. Honda Civic E. Yeah, sure. Something in that range for much less. And if the BMW goes, that will give you more money when you return and your life Mm. settles out a little bit. Sure, sure. And then, let's say you and Victoria have kids, go get the car that your kids will have the same memory you do. Ooh, all right. That car. That's a projection. Well done. Okay. That they would talk about, my dad got a blank, and that's the car okay. he drove me to school in. Yeah, that's my story on the Jaguar E-Type, but it doesn't end well. But I take your I point. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then you'd have more money to be able to put to that, mm-hmm. and then kind of you know, paying it forward, passing it along, that kind of thinking. But if the BMW stays, if, if you cannot yeah. let yourself let it go, yeah. that's fine, too. Save your money. Hang on to it and let it grow, maybe an investment. And then when you do come out of this transient time, which could be very short, six yeah. months in the grand scheme yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. is sure. a blip. For sure, yeah, yeah. Totally. And then you come out of it and then you think, you know what? We've always wanted a nicer BMW or the look you know, at what something we could get like now. that. Look at yeah. what, you know, yeah, look yeah, at yeah. how much farther our money that. goes now. I see that, sure. Yeah, that yeah. sort of thinking. I know okay. you've this is strange I'm, and I'm not I'm quite exactly surprised. landing on a particular car. But this is where my headspace is at for you mm. because of the transient nature, because of the the two cars back okay. here. And could wow. you just hang on to the BMW? Could you just save your money and just drive the BMW? Yeah. 
and drive just, it. I agree. There's there's a there's a one car scenario here that is why park it questionable as to Take why not you. just do that. I, I completely see that that's here. that's an option for too. sure for sure. Interesting. So uh, lots right. of thinking to do, Ali yeah. Victoria. Yeah, yeah. We're really glad you wrote to us. If you've got your own car debate, write to us everydaydrivertv at gmail dot com, or you can find us on the website. We are not stopping. Nope. We're going right into the next one. Yep. And I do have some very creative choices for the next one. Good. It's going to be good. fun. I think I may have found – I've got I've got a drive list for this one as well. Do you? I've got one I'm leaning the most toward, but I've got a drive list of four cars that our friend uh, Lucas has just got to drive. He's writing to us from New York. He's 23, full-time musician. And uh, he thought he had his car problem solved. Yeah. He really did. He, he bought himself a Subaru Crosstrek with the <laughs> CVT. And I have driven this, and it mm-hmm. is – it's absolutely fine. It is perfectly acceptable Fineville transport. It's perfectly Steps acceptable way transport. Yes, over to yes. Fineville. And, and Subaru is doing really, really well. I mean, he, he had a 04 Honda Element. He had a 2006 Liberty. From these, it felt like that Crosstrek was a sports car. But here's the problem. His mom just bought an Audi A3. <laughs> a convertible. Which he snaked. And he did the whole, hey, mom, I need to do laundry, came over to the house, and while the laundry was spinning, by the way, I wonder, did he actually do that laundry, or did he just drop the, the hamper and run? Right, anyway, right. he decided to take the A3 out for a drive, and now has realized he doesn't like his car. The 148-horsepower <laughs> uh, CVT, 4,300-pound CVT, is now he's realized just how fine it really is. And he wants a car he loves, and he's drooling about that Audi, and this is where the problem gets really difficult. So this part about you being a musician, Lucas, you fail to tell us what kind of musician you are. Piccolo. I'm wondering. <laughs> store, he could store that in the Lotus Elise. It goes right there underneath where adorable cars have a glove box. We're done. Jazz flute? I'm just wondering. All right. I, I, um, like I said, because when you say musician, and you're also saying gigs that you yes. have to drive th- drive to and you might be bringing people along mm-hmm. and instruments mm-hmm. so i'm wondering what are the instruments i'm picturing guitars drummer? and amps that's what i'm picturing but, okay guitars yeah. and amps fair enough but my experience over on this side of the microphone yes is my niece and nephew uh-huh i know you probably knew i was going there yes they're both cellists they are 18 and 16 years old they are unbelievably awesome but mm-hmm. cellos to the point they have nice enough cellos now that the insurance company will not insure them if they leave them in a parked car. They have to bring them into the restaurant when we go out to dinner. Oh, my gosh. And bows, bows are an entirely different world. You can spend $20,000 on a bow. Entry level, just welcome to mediocrity. I'm sorry, but unless $20,000 spent on a bow means the person in your life you love the most, I can't justify that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm telling you, my niece, she's 18. She's in college, and she has taught me all about bows. She has a luthier. She has a bow maker for her. And the entry level, welcome to somewhat decent bow, is $5,000. And and by the way, for those of you listening, this is not a random hobby. She is superb. Yeah. Okay, so you need to understand this is not like, I just, I'd like to play with this for a while. This has been a dedication of more than a decade, and her brother is almost as good as she is. They are both superb. But I do feel like cellos and tubas, that's, that's where the dad walks into the music store, doesn't really know if he wants his kid to play music, and goes, what's the biggest instrument you have? <laughs> what's the big one? So I'm going to, I actually have this teed up. I'm going to play you a short clip. You're kidding. I'm not. Okay. So you know what they play. This is what's in my mind. Okay. Are you ready? You're hearing Coldplay, Viva La Vida, the very beginning, and listen to the cellos. All of you know this song. All right, so this song, both my niece and nephew can play that song on the same cello. Mm-hmm. One cello, two people. Yeah, it's weird looking. It's cool. My but it's niece weird plays the bass line, and my nephew leans over her and plays the melody over the top of her. I mean, they're they're phenomenal. Yeah, but they've got big instruments. Yeah. So this is in my mind, Lucas, when I'm going through and I'm thinking, all right. What's the biggest instrument you have in the wh- store? My kid's going to play a mute. I'll go with your guitars instrument. and amps. I'll go with that. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it there. But okay, so the budget we're working with is if the CVT, if the Subaru gets replaced. Well, but, but here's the thing. I feel like there'll with... be great weeping and gnashing of teeth if he does not replace the Subaru. I just oh, feel like yes, now he's wound yes. up in it and gone, 
I hate my car, which was which is the last thing we want if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> I think so too. If he buys a second car, he's limited to five grand. Or you could buy a bow, an entry level bow. Because <laughs> <laughs> in case you happen to be a cellist, we'll just, just sell you saying, a bow. Just putting it yeah. in perspective. Yeah. But if he sells it, he's setting the limiter, the Paul limiter, at seventeen grand. Now we're talking. Now we've got somewhere to go. So, okay, maybe guitars and amps, your friends bring along the drums, saxophone, what else? Trumpets, um, electronic drum kits. Maybe the club has a drum kit you can use. Let's hope so. Something like that. Because at that point, you actually just need a van. We're we're just going to get you a van. What I thought about is wagons. Yeah, for sure. And so I thought, all right, you've got to have a Mercedes wagon in your life. But if you drive a new wagon, everybody's going to say, oh, is that your mom's car? So what I did, Lucas, was I found you a 94. I went way back. 1994. Wow. Mercedes E320 wagon in black for seven grand. Has 170,000 miles, but this thing is pristine. It even has Porsche wheels on it. I wonder what the maintenance on that is like. It, that's it, that's looked, interesting. The seats, the interior. It looks beautiful. Huh. Black on black. For how much? $7,000. Wow. 170,000 okay. miles, but these yeah. things will go to 250, 300 without sweating. Yeah, I wonder what, what it needs. You know what I mean? Because that sounds really cool. I'm seeing everything's up to date, top hmm. maintenance. It's, hmm. I mean, cool Mercedes, load that up. I mean, that's road trip car. Yeah. Mercedes will yeah, take yeah. the mileage. And then with your leftover ten thousand dollars, you go get yourself an AP one Honda S two thousand for ten grand, hundred and nine thousand miles in red. Interesting. You got both. And they're different choices. You Very. could go get yourself a GTI. Very. As you suggest for seventeen grand. Yeah, he, he brings Have up, at it. What about because he's thinking he he needs a hatchback. He but is thinking that. Rock the Mercedes, the vintage Mercedes wagon, put the stickers on the back window, hmm. make it the musician's car. And you know you've got your Honda AP1 S2000 at home. Make it the band's train. I love it. That's yeah. really cool. Really, all right. I like I like the band's band, band bust. Uh, band band <laughs> bus. Band bus. That's what I'm trying to go with. Yeah, dude. Okay. Like are you guys, the band. <laughs> <laughs> Amps, guitars, everything fits in the back. We've even added a guy to the band. He plays the cello. Uh, Just saying. Okay. Yeah. You know right. what a seventeen thousand dollar bow can is like I mean the beautiful I, music you can get with that bow I hope it brings tears to the eyes cuz <laughs> cuz the price tag certainly does I mean anyway that's, that's that was a, that was a tangent is, all right good to know he is, anyway. good to know maybe yo maybe yo-yo ma's not that good maybe he just has an amazing <laughs> bow he's terrible he just has the magic bow he just he just paid a lot of money for a bow it's all about the bow tell me anyway, it's quite yeah. an education I'm off in the weeds in an area I don't know anything about. Okay, uh, so yeah, so all right. The other thing is, if you if you don't if you if you keep the CUV, that's what. Let's be honest. That's what the Crosstrek's trying to be. It's trying to be a CUV. It is. It's a CUV with a CVT. That is just the worst possible six letters on the planet, right there. Anyway, nothing well. Yeah, doing neither of those things. But if you keep it, you've only got five grand, and you're thinking, do you get a fun car? And my question, and you don't really speak to it here, is, do you have anywhere to use a fun car? I mean. Look, I'm a guy that I like to drive a fun car doing everything. I get that. But do you have anywhere where if you bought a Miata, you could go and really drive it, both in time in your life and places to go? Mm-hmm. Do you have that in your life that you could just take that on a weekend and you would take it on a weekend and go drive it and enjoy it? You don't really speak to that. So that makes me think, let's get you something you like, like the show says, every single day, every day. What is the mm-hmm. car you drive to every one of these gigs and yeah. you like that? Because what I hate about this story, and I feel your pain, you got back into the cross track after driving your mom's A3 and just went, <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. I, I, I don't want you to climb into a car you don't like every day while you look at the phone. One. It's driving me crazy right now. And I like driving the Mini, walking past the Elise every morning. I know it is. It's driving me nuts. You got to get that thing out this week. It's, I'm, I'm driving it tomorrow. Are you? It's going to be like out? 55 tomorrow. I'm yeah, it crazy tomorrow. enough. Yeah, it's It'll get cold again, but take advantage of it. For sure, for sure. So, I mean, that's the thing. I don't want you to have that experience all the time while you try to figure out when am I going to drive the fun car. That's no fun. So, but luckily, I have something I like driving every day, and I also have that Lotus. Soon it will be the everyday <laughs> car. Anyway, so, so my Spring's thinking is coming. let's do this 15 to 17 grand that you have to work with and get you one new car. One okay. different car. Okay, fair enough. And the thing I'm wondering about that A3 is you've discovered turbos. Yes, he has. You've discovered turbos. <laughs> so let's get you something turbo. And let's get you something with a hatchback and some decent space. Turboville is in the next county over from Fineville, isn't it's, it? It's, it's, it's actually a couple counties over. It is. I don't think you can see Turboville from Fineville. No, you have to fly there, don't you? Yeah. Well, you, you get there quickly one way or another. 
Anyway, yeah, we sound like a Bad Simpsons episode now. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah, monorail. Okay, there's the <laughs> Simpsons reference. Monorail. Um, so we need, we need you in a, in a hatch with a turbo, okay? You have to, of course, you brought it up. You have to shop old GTIs. Definitely shop there. Definitely drive one. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about platform sharing and, and parts sharing in the Volkswagen family. You like the A3. I don't know what year it was. So, okay, you may just like it. You definitely have to drive that. I am going to say it. Saab 92X. Okay. You could find a lot of really nice ones for ten to fifteen grand. That's where they're all living right now. Get yourself an Aero 92X. I would recommend the manual Get over the a auto. Nice one for that Get money. A really nice one for that money for sure. We'll pound on it. Absolutely, It'd be great. And turbo fun. Yep. But then you can shop used Focus STs for this money and find a good one. Mm. They've got good space. They've got a full nice fold down rear seat. I, I think you'd thoroughly enjoy that car in every situation. Mm-hmm. But my preference for you is the Mazda Speed 3. Oh, good. Tons of personality, great turbo engine, incredible handling, but it will also just cruise. It is a little bit kind of frantic personality all the time, but I kind of want that for you. Yeah. But yet it's a usable hatch, and they're out there. They're used, and they're great cars. Lots of fun torque steer. So the, Well, yeah, you will learn about lots torque steer. Lots and lots. But those four cars I want you to drive, I think the Mazda Speed 3, is, is that's the shot I'm calling. But I think one of those four is your car. Mm, love it. Love it. All right, so Lucas, clearly you have a decision to make. Yeah. You've got some cars to drive. Curious to know what you got, and uh, thank you guys both for writing in. We are leaving ourselves the second half of the podcast for all of your audience questions. There's some great ones coming at you right after the break. Something we were just approached with is very interesting. We're really excited to share this with you because it's about Omaze, the online fundraising platform. Get this. One lucky person is going to win the sixth Model 3 Tesla ever made courtesy of Kimball Musk. Now, Kimball Musk is Elon Musk's brother, and he's just announced he's giving away his personal and fully customized Model 3 Tesla for charity. This car has everything from voice-activated controls, Wi-Fi LTE connectivity, premium audio, LED fog lamps, long-range battery, and the taxes are covered, too. All you do to enter is this. It's as little as $10. All the proceeds go to Big Green. This is Kimball Musk's initiative. And what this does is this teaches kids about healthier eating. It provides healthier futures to kids by learning gardens, food literacy. This is teaching kids to grow good food, understand good food, and eat well. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. That's awesome. $10 is as little as you can get in. That's a great way to do this. The winner is randomly selected at the end of this campaign. To enter, visit omaze.com slash driver. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash driver. There's all kinds of different experiences. You can win stuff at every one of these campaigns, but you're donating to great causes. There's stuff there for William Shatner, Arnold Schwarzenegger, others. But on this one, you're winning a Model 3. That's pretty cool. Don't forget, use the promo code DRIVER to double your chances of winning on any of these. So, you're giving to a great cause, and you might win a Tesla Model 3. What's not to like? This is awesome. Go to omaze.com slash driver now. Hello, guys. It's MMA fighter Chael Sonnen. Check out my podcast, You're Welcome, with Chael Sonnen every Wednesday and Friday right here at Podcast One. We cover the latest in mixed martial arts and everything else going on in the world of sport. Listen free to You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts, at PodcastOne.com, and on the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars in car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno, live on the scene of a recent windstorm, here to describe the event, a chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. You have questions, many of them, on all of our social media platforms. We're no on kidding. Uh, Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. We, You know what? I'm going to call it out right now. I would love to see all of you on Instagram. 
because the more I use it, the more I like it. Yeah, agreed. And so I, I'm Chance posts some really good pictures for us there. I post random things there when I just I finally started to train myself that when I see something cool, I go. I should actually take a picture take a, of that. Take a photo. I'm yep. finally getting there. I, yeah. I'm a little slow yeah. on the uptake because my problem is I'm like, yeah, but I only have my camera phone. Move on. Just, just take the picture <laughs> and go. That's the point. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so that's starting to happen. So you have questions. And, and, and the truth is we make up answers. Um, well, I mean, we try to speak from things we kind of know. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to start with this one because I feel like this is a, a hot potato. Uh, I am not Sean Clark. Do you see his question Kay. on Instagram? Don't think. Oh yes, I did. The Grand Tour oh, might not yes. come back for season three. What are our thoughts? Ah uh, yes, glad you're opening with this. I I do want to say here's here's the thing. I actually really like the revamped UK Top Gear with Matt LeBlanc and Chris Harris and Roy. Reed. I think, I think it's excellent. I think they're doing a really really good job. Yeah, agreed. I read somewhere recently that I think Matt LeBlanc is only on like a two year contract. Really. So I'll be curious to see how long does he stay with that show? How long do they want him to stay with that show? I think he's doing a really good job. I think job. he's a big part of why that show is great. I think he's doing a surprisingly good job in that role. So let's jump to Grand Tour now. Yeah. There's there's some press, especially in the British press right now, that is all kind of doing – because the British press has two things. They have the, the highbrow press, if you will, and then the stuff that makes our, our news look like they're actually not trying hard enough because it's so like – let's let, – I think, honestly, I think the British tabloid press <laughs> created clickbait before there was clickbait. Really? I okay. think so. Be, that, that thing where you're walking down the street and you just see a, you see a headline and you have to stop and buy that paper. <laughs> that's, that's clickbait before computers. There it is right there. Yeah. My point is that part of the UK press right now is, is trying to spin titles. I read one today, in fact, about, oh, my gosh, Grand Tour has been canceled. Let me stop for a second. Let's back this up. Okay. Right, I hope you're hearing the backup noise in your head. Because <laughs> when the deal happened for a quarter billion dollars, it was like $250 million when the deal happened. Okay? When it happened, it was for 36 episodes broken into three seasons. Yeah. That was the deal, folks. So anything that's saying right now, it's over after three seasons, that was what the deal was for. Right. The right. secondary bigger question is, are they going to push it forward? But I read somewhere recently that Amazon calculates it's made them at least $100 million in profit. You're kidding me. So if that's true, Amazon can decide to go on or decide they don't care. I actually think that Grand Tour is these guys' swan song. Do you? I think they had, personally, I think they had another couple of years left in them to do UK Top Gear, and then they were going to call it anyway. I, I, I felt that before it all went Before awry. it all went down. Hmm. So I think, I think Grand Tour has allowed them to finish, personally, feel like I've done this enough. I'll be very surprised if it continues. But I don't think it's a canceling thing. I just think it's a, this is when the contract ends, we all walk away happy. We made the deal. The deal ended. Yeah. And They're shooting season three. It. I don't think there's any tabloid to go on here. I'll be genuinely surprised if it continues, and not because I don't think Amazon would want to, and not because I don't think the audience would stay. I just think those guys are probably done. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm really tending to agree with you because, look, they have made their money before they even went to Grand Tour. Mm -hmm. They made their money. They were having a boatload of fun, doing you know great car shows undisputed this is what motoring shows aspire to be in yeah, some yeah, yeah. form or For another sure. absolutely hey we were inspired by elements of that show mm -hmm. we looked at motor week we looked at everything in between mm -hmm. we've been inspired by it our show has grown and now fits you know the the everyday driver niche part of it yeah. i mean i don't know that that's a niche anymore honestly <laughs> it's 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 grown and on our minds yeah. it continues to expand i'm just i'm kind of agreeing with you that they made their nut they well, and I also think... They their thing, and it's like, uh, I think I want to go do something else, maybe. Well, think about this, though. That's that, be what that they're saying. The, the show, if you will, if you want to go back to their version of UK Top Gear, has been going since 2003. Yeah. yeah okay. Fair amount of so time. So you're going to do this for essentially 15 years as a presenter on a TV show, and they're so well-established and they're so well-known, they could go host single one-man shows, and they all already have, but I'm saying they could each go off and never do another car show and be fine. Sure. And get great hosting gigs. Yeah. There's a rumor already that Clarkson's going to take over the British who wants to, uh, who wants to be a millionaire that. or whatever it is. Or is it, was it the talent thing? Or was no, it it's the, the who wants to be a millionaire. It was. It's okay. the game show thing. Okay. He'd take that over, theoretically. He'd be snarky and funny on that. Yeah, he'd be fine. But uh, but that's the thing. I, I think I think this was, Grand Tour was their opportunity to finish strong. 
Interesting. And three seasons is not a cancel. That's the con- that was the contract. That's exactly what they signed up for. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, and those episodes will continue to live on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, you know. Yeah, interesting question. I I'm curious to see what happens too. But changes may be coming. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Nothing as sure as change, right? All right. Well, there's a question on Facebook from Jeff D. Continuing with the music theme. Okay. He said, is the world depicted in Rush's Red Barquetta coming true? Now, Jeff, how did you know Rush was my very first concert ever when I was 14 wow. years old? Wow. I went to Rush with a bunch of friends at Red Rocks in Colorado and Denver. That is the venue. Anything you Dude. see there, you will remember. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my cousin introduced me to Rush, and anyway, I... One of my favorite bands ever, and <laughs> the uh, the song. If you've never heard of it or heard it, go go listen to it. Getty Lee paints this picture of a future utopia, and his uncle has squirreled away a a driver's car from long ago, meaning okay. you know now and time, sure, or, sure. or a, you know something from the eighties or the fifties or something like that that is still pristine. And he takes it out and he avoids the the future, the the thought. Police, okay. the interesting, you know, all the right. giants yeah, yeah. of the future, yeah, all the yeah, yeah. cameras, all that stuff, and it's this getaway. It's this secret getaway, and I think it's honestly one of my favorite songs. And I'm also mm. calling it now. Neil Peart is the best drummer of all time. Feel free to disagree <laughs> with me, but you're you're just a music bent tonight, dude. Big Neil Peart, interesting best drummer all right. of all time. All the right. guy is phenomenal. Anyway, but yes, I I think it is going that way, and I'm I'm just wondering with the proliferation of what we're seeing and the enthusiasm, I have it too, mm-hmm. in terms of new powertrains and what that's doing to design. It's opening up new avenues and yeah. new thoughts yeah, for, for sure. design for and sure. how we can move people about. I think that part is inevitable, but it's going to be a longer transition than you think. Oh, I agree with that. Because we have determined autonomous cars will happen in pockets, but Mm -hmm. not for a long time, you know, everywhere. But, I mean, one of the best things that you can do is restore an old car that's better than actually sending it to the trash heap. You're you're doing (laughs) the world a favor, I think. You're giving it new life, yeah, sure. And I, I think that will always exist. But, I mean, we're we're talking a long time. Maybe not even our lifetimes, Jeff. Yeah. But that thinking is starting to creep in. And it's either going that way or we're going to all wind up in Mad Max fighting over gasoline. That could be cool, too. <laughs> That's the dirtier version of that reality. <laughs> yeah. That could be cool, Chase too. scenes over gasoline. That was one of the amazing things about that film originally, yeah. I loved the new one. That, that was a Fantastic. surprising movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And that's and that I'm not going to take the whole podcast off the rails, but the whole story of how that film came to be is one of those fantastic, circuitous Hollywood tit for tat. The originals you're talking? No, no, no. Or, the new one, because really? the new one is just this oddball out of nowhere, and it is, is and, and feels like nothing else being made, and drops out of the sky it's and epic. works. But my gosh, it's weird. But it, and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I've read a thing about uh, Tom. Uh, what's his last name? The the actor Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm who every movie he's ever been in, it's all about his eyes. He was Bane in Batman. He was, mm. you know, in, in all these roles. And his eyes are so expressive, doing so much acting without Interesting. speaking. Interesting. And that keeps that theme. It's it's amazing article about yeah. Tom Hardy's eyes and, and how he just acts with his eyes. Very interesting. Well, and there were all these, we're off in the weeds already. There were all these other discussions about the new one, Fury Road, about how the fact that it's a Mad Max movie, but he's the supporting character. Interesting. He's not. He, he's your entrance, but he's not the hero. He's not the character you're there to see. You're there to see everything going on the around. Title him. of the film, essentially. Yeah, it's very interesting. Huh. Anyway, okay. Now, that that related. We, we got to let ourselves do sure, that once we in sure a while. We sure had fun, and and we do it a lot. Who kidding? You. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what else did you see on here? Uh, Kenneth wrote in and said, um, "Okay, out of the various motorsports and racing series out there." What speaks to us the most? What mm-hmm. would you guys like to try and do? What would be something that, where you'd show no interest? Um, and then you had a secondary question is, do driving games help you be a better driver? Mm. These are two common questions, but I want to just talk on them real quick. Honestly, I am, I am such a newbie to actual racing. I am not going to claim to be a racer. No, no. And I love driving fast. I love getting better at it. It is, I know this sounds weird, but follow me. It is, for me, what golf is for many other people. I like that tiny little nuance that makes me better at this. 
Okay. The, the tire patch squirm. Whatever it is, you know, how, how weight I, 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 my, my braking distance was actually, I started, a, I did braking one foot later in the braking zone and look how much it, it's ridic- <laughs> ridiculous it. things, but I do enjoy that. But I discovered in lemons, I confirmed something I, I was suspicious about. Okay. Endurance racing is all I really care about if I was going to be a driver in one, because I like the idea that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Hmm. Fair enough. I like that idea. And to that end, if I could pick it, I would do 24 hours in Nürburgring. Yeah, that is there. on my personal massive short list because it's an amazing track. It's a difficult track. The whole thing is Woodstock. And by the way, they're doing a car race in the middle of it in the German forest and everybody watching is drunk. This, this sounds brilliant. <laughs> it, it actually, it, it, honestly, it's almost a Mad Max movie. It that almost right is. Right there is a movie, yeah. For it's sure. almost a Mad Max movie. I would love to do 24 Hours in Nürburgring. I would love to do kind of the definitive film on it too because I have – the filmmaker in me has can see avenues into doing that. But I would that. love to do it. So that's the one I'm going to call out as this is the one I'd love to do. I mean I could say oh, Le Mans and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is I'm not doing Le Mans. That's not happening. No. But 24 Hours in Nürburgring feels like that thing where you can almost reach the top shelf. It feels like that. It feels like it's just right. It's right over there. You know what I mean? Whereas Le Mans is like that's another planet. Interesting. So that's why I say that one. And then the driving games thing. Yes, it absolutely helps you. But. There's, there's some caveats here. Yeah, for sure. It helps you because you, you have no consequence and you can really learn things, especially if it's an actual track that exists in the world. You can learn the difference in what if I do break later? Mm-hmm. What if I don't break at all? <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised. I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, what is, what is the weight shift? Some of these games are really good enough that you can absolutely tell weight shift differences between front wheel drive, where is the engine placed, rear wheel drive, mid-engine. You can feel the difference. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly how it is in real, real life, but you can tell the difference in the chassis. It's fascinating. And you can fine-tune your line for a track. It does not replace the sensation just fire hose that happens when you actually get on the track. What I, where I find it most helpful, actually, Kenneth, from personal experience, it's kind of helpful before you go to a track for the first time because you kind of know, oh, this corner's coming up. Sure, sure. But yet then you get there, and now reality sets in. And it is so much more than you ever imagined it could be, even in spite of the fact that you, quote, unquote, no, you can't see my air quotes, know the track. It's so much more. Okay. But then what I find fascinating is to come back and drive the game afterward because then your body remembers all of that extra, and now you actually can use the game to refine it in a way you never could before you went. No, that's that's excellent. And I would just add to that the the sensations of the car, the the hydraulic actuators on the really expensive racing chairs, they're nowhere close to reality Mm -hmm. in my mind. Because you're feeling so many different things and you're feeling a different sensation depending on where, what portion of the track you are on. I mean, yeah. are you all the way over to the left, all the way over to the right, wherever that is? And it's, it's different every time you go around the track. And it's massively exaggerated in, in, in place like the ring. Yeah. And it's, it's exaggerated in the hydraulics too, I mm-hmm. think. And so you're, you're being thrown about and then there's all those other sensations just, you know, yeah, sound of other cars and smells and, mm. you know, all this other stuff going on. So, yes, it does. I would say of all the tracks that you and I have driven and and the games and stuff yeah, that we've played, yeah, yeah. it applies to every track except the ring. <laughs> the ring just tells you what direction you might be yeah. going shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the sensations, no way. Yeah. No way, it doesn't. And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I was a medium-distance sprinter in swimming in high school, so okay. I, I look at more of the sprinting. But but the endurance is very much – I'm very intrigued by it, too, after Lemons. But yeah. I'm thinking more of, like, the 12 hours of Sebring okay. or something like that where it's still there's, – there's more of the urgency from a sprint, but it's still you got to last. You got okay. to have that conditioning and okay. strength training right. sure. to, to yeah, make yeah. it last. But, you know, there is the race of champions, too, that – you know, exercises all kinds sure, of different not? areas. Sure, why not? Because we're bound to be in that. That intrigues no me, question, too. Yeah. Well, uh, what else on here? I'm um, I'm looking at Evan A.'s question on Facebook about uh, the possibility of not having any more cars available for sale in the U.S. because the market is favoring trucks and crossovers. We talk about this mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's an interesting question. And you could make the argument that, yeah, cars in general are being so – they're so unpopular – or CUVs kind of taking their place because of all those reasons. You sit up higher and compact and all that if stuff. If I could just sit higher, I would be better. 
Yeah, right. That's that. That should be the subtitle tagline to all CUV thinking. You know the the golf in Germany. They make that sort of high roof golf. That's the entire point of that car. It's it's a little bit higher, more headroom for why? <laughs> Buy a different car in case you're a tree like me and you need to wear a helmet. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be good for helmets. But I'm thinking, Evan, go back to the brands in the U.S. that are cars only, that mm. only sell cars. Mm. Chrysler, Dodge. The trucks are Ram. They're under the Ram brand. They are now. Fair point. They are now, yeah. Alfa Romeo does have a you know an SUV, but think of just the car market in general that, you know, brands that still sell so many cars and the fact that there are still so many people buying them, I think it's going to be a long time, but there is the shift. You've noticed it. Mm-hmm. We have noticed it too, but I don't think that's completely going away. I don't think we'll ever, ever be in a world where there will be no cars offered for sale. Dodge is a perfect example. It's mm-hmm. all they make is cars. They don't, well, they do make the Durango. I take that back. Yeah. Think of the Durango. So they do have Glad that in there, that. but yeah. Okay, you you get my point, though. Well, but you're bringing up... But here's the other thing. I would also say this, though. Cars are less likely to become extinct than sports cars are, but yet sports cars keep getting made because there is, though small, still an audience for sports car. Toyota Supra coming back? Yeah, and, and the thing is... The the car world exists because there are those people. I realize it is a it is a diminishing group, but there are those people who just think I don't need something big, hmm. you know. And 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 the car serves that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and miles per gallon and these things are an issue. I mean, the truth is from the from the folks that want to buy a Prius to the folks that want to buy a Miata, these cars are going to stick around. But yeah. we are seeing a shift toward I must be higher, and that makes me safer. That's just happening across the board. When when Ferrari and Lamborghini are both releasing SUVs, you know that's where the money is. I mean, that I cannot yeah. believe that everybody. Well, Rolls has got theirs. It's been shown under the camo, the you know, Cullinan or whatever that. So like it's that just is. everyone has to have one. Oh, yeah, Alfa Romeo. I saw actually a Stelvio in town just yesterday. Which is a cool looking, cool looking truck, but you just think Alfa Romeo, really? So every everybody has one, but yet the cars are going to survive to some degree. I think people are going to rediscover cars at some point. Honestly, by Maybe. virtue of Maybe. of lighter weight, better driving experience, and I think there will be a a bit of a shift back towards cars. Only to the people that want to drive. It'll be it'll be that that Maybe. that Maybe. flip to analog. It'll be that thing where everything's gone to pods. So what can I get that is the opposite of the pod? That'll yeah. be the, and it'll be a small group, and we'll be rabid. I think there's more people than not that still think driving is fun. I don't think so. I think there's <laughs> a larger group that dr- still... drivers that I see, I think most people can't wait to give it up enough. I mean, thank you to all of you I that are suppose. listening, because you're, on the, on the, you're in the camp with us. But I think we're already the minority. Maybe. I, I'm, I'm still going the other direction, though. I, okay. think, I think people still like to drive, generally speaking. I think it's still fun. Anyway... Uh, what else? I mean, Tila PR's question on Instagram, he's saying, do you, do you think we will ever see a rear-wheel drive Acura? No, no. because no. Acura decided to put their flag in the ground of what's going to differentiate us as a brand. Let's go all-wheel drive on for, everything. For a luxury brand. We're, we're front or all-wheel drive. That's our thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's a very good point. Yeah. yeah, they'll still be making cars for a while. And, you know, I take your point. The RLs from a decade ago and the TLS. TLX is the previous gen Accord and, yeah. you know, some fancy new body work, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. they'll uh, – they'll. I don't think they're going to do anything rear-wheel drive ever again. Yeah. I think those days are over. Uh, our friend Derek wrote in. Derek went with us on a pilgrimage trip a couple of years ago. And he wrote and he said, okay, supposedly Porsche – and I hadn't heard this – early stage of developing a flying car concept? There's some news out there, some recent news about it. Oh, yeah. stop. Yeah. But that's his question. He said, why are people continuing to try the flying car thing? And and don't we already have flying cars? Aren't those called airplanes? Derek, here's here's my – I'm going to try to have a mini rant here because we don't want a four-hour podcast. I think <laughs> the flying car thing is catastrophically stupid. Do you? And I'm a guy – look, I'm a guy that was chasing a pilot's license at the age of 16. I really like planes. I yeah. really like to fly. But the biggest reason I see it as not being an issue, the only the only way I could see a flying car happening is if that is the second generation of the fully autonomous vehicle. Mm. Because the problem with flying cars, forget forget for a minute what are the traffic regulations, forget for a minute where do you park it, forget all of that stuff that, that is just nobody's ever thought about, really thought about. 
Throw all that out. Because the problem is the lawyers and the safety. If something goes wrong yeah. with your normal car, you are still on the earth. You are only moving in two planes. You are not moving in a third direction, which is down. Okay? <laughs> so They the, haven't the, left one up the, there yet. The minute exactly the minute that there is a problem with a flying car, that is a dead person. Okay. And the okay. the sheer safety that has to be surmounted there makes me think even if it happens a little bit, it will never be this ubiquitous thing. We all think the Sim- Simpsons, we, we all, I'm raising my <laughs> own hand, we watch Star Wars, you see in Coruscant, and every vehicle on the planet of Coruscant is traveling in these perfect traffic lanes in the sky. We all dream of that, but unless it's autonomous, I just don't buy it. There is an element to the autonomy about it, but there's a counterpoint about motorcycles that I, I will bring up. If motorcycles suddenly existed, they didn't exist up to now, and somebody invented them and tried to bring it to market, I bet you they would be shut down by the litany mm-hmm. of policies mm-hmm. and legal health and safety stuff. That's an interesting point. That would not allow motorcycles to exist. Somebody invents it right now. Mm, that's a fascinating but point. But because they've been grandfathered in over the years, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. accepts them. How, how do motorcycles exist? They're among the most dangerous machines, but they're among the most fun. Yeah. So for fun's sake... You're right about that. I see that. There's, there's a kind of get past that but audi actually just recently released a promo video it was it was fully made up of course mm-hmm. but it was their vision of the future and it was a quadcopter that had a pod and it would latch onto the pod that you were in and it would fly around autonomously wherever you wanted to go and then when you drove for people it, it was yeah and then when it landed it, it clicked you into a an electric chassis and then the quadcopter top half of it would fly away to go connect and go get something else. Mm-hmm. And so then now you're in an autonomous vehicle without the quadcopter attached to your roof. Inst- I-, I see that more. There's more autonomy involved, and I definitely see that more rather than the, this car has retractable wings and fold up this, and that is never going to, pardon the pun, fly. <laughs> <laughs> but for that kind of vision, it was interesting, and that could work, but that's way out there. Well, but that's just taking the autonomous pod and making it do all kinds of travel. Exactly, but it's yeah. the quadcopter attaches it yeah. and drops you off over here, and then you know attaches I mean, wheels onto the bottom of it, takes you over there. But it's because we don't have to go to a specific place like airports to go do that. I get that. That's the appeal. Yeah, and honestly, here, here I'm going to go another level. You say we already have flying cars, Derek, but I think you're right. You're right, but what they are is wrong. Our current flying cars are not airplanes. They're helicopters. Agreed. Yeah. Helicopters are the things that people imagine how they'd use a flying car. I'm just going to take it off from here. I'm going to land in the city. That's what helicopters are for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what else? Oh, the real Nick Saros is asking a podcast question. He said, I'm freshly back from a Porsche Tracta experience at the LA location. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, no course you're asking paul porsche questions buckle up he left me here one thing part of what makes him lust after the gt3 and other 911s is the sound Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with the electric movement growing in momentum he says how will companies like porsche continue to create a visceral experience behind the wheel fortunately cars like porsche if you took the engine out of the equation they're still fun to drive and they're still handled great and they're excellent dynamically so they have that going for them sure sure, then when you add the flat six and the the lovely sound yeah that's (laughs) What I love about everything. You can't see my hands. I'm going to try to sit here quietly. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they just need to rely on more of the dynamics and the reliability. Actually, the CEO of Porsche recently called out Elon Musk and said, that's fine that you do the zero to 60 thing, but you can't do it 50 times in a row. Mm. Whereas a Porsche, you can count on it. Sure. Okay. The reliability is going to be there. Yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, the reliability, the build quality, the dynamics... And then could the electric motors sound a particular Porsche way? Anyway, just some thoughts. Well, maybe, that's interesting. So you're, you're talking about a specific electric car sound. You know, I'll actually pick that up, though. Because remember when we originally drove the Fisker Karma? I do, yeah. A guy that I know in L.A. that is a, a really genuinely talented film composer, early on in his career was the beginning of our show, and he did a few tracks for us, some of which we still use that's in some right. of our music beds. Freddie. Freddie is a really, really talented guy. He actually was hired by Fisker. This is 10 years ago now, so I can talk about it. He was hired by Fisker. All of the sounds of Fisker made, made, he composed. 
Yeah, I remember It had that. a specific door chime. It had a specific noise that it made at low speeds so that you could hear it because it was an electric car. And it had a specific kind of groan, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. But all of the sounds of the car were composed by our friend Freddie. This is the thing. Once you go to electric, you can synthesize whatever sound you want to be the quote-unquote sound of the car. Sure, sure. And I do suspect that's going to happen. Will that be as engaging? I don't know. But let me do the flip side. If you have The minute that you have a generation that grows up with electric cars, mm-hmm. to them, I wonder if the sound of a flat-six motor is going to sound like a shriek that they don't like, and they're going to be intrigued by the whoosh, if you will, of an electric car. Hmm. We are already predisposed to... That sounds great. That's what we grew up with. And the electric car is this new noise we don't like as much as not as good a noise. But I will go back to Tom and Tom's 718 review. Okay. It was his first Porsche ever drive. Right. And Which is whole, why it was so interesting. His whole comment was, what's wrong with this sound? Why, why is everybody freaking out about the sound? He hadn't driven the Cayman prior. Yeah, right. He'd right. just come into that one and was like, this car's brilliant and it has a sound. Who cares? I think that's the reality of electric cars. Once you have people that that's their generation of growing up in that world, the the uh, internal combustion cars are going to sound weird to them. Mm-hmm. Plus, kids in the future are going to ask, what is a gas station? What? Yeah. Why did you go to gas stations? What on yeah. earth? You would stood there for five minutes and poured dinosaur juice into your car? <laughs> Explosive liquid What's into your car? What's going on there? Yeah, How would you do that? That probably won't be in my lifetime. And I'll be <laughs> that guy on the porch in my floating rocking chair going, in my day... <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so Dustin Gray says, Paul, if my car was completely covered in paint protection film, would I still take it through an automatic car wash? No. Have you met me? No, I wouldn't. I would. Anyway, yeah. I know you would. I'd just do it. Just well, if it were my Porsche. If it were the daily, whatever, the maybe funny. the Jeep, maybe the funny, Expedition. Funny. We'll see. Uh, Cold Iron on uh, Instagram asked a really difficult question. Interesting mm. question. Yeah. What do we think of track days in the rain? And his his point is his point is isn't his, that a book? His no, that's the art of racing in the rain, and it's a superb book. Uh, that's our book club book. Anyway, but he made a comment <laughs> where scrapbooking, for, for, book clubs, music. Yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> he made the comment that from his perspective, once he gets track day insurance and pays the entry fee and plans money for consumables, he's looking at roughly a five hundred dollar day for a track day. Yeah, isn't it a massive waste to go in the rain? I'm going to say this to you: I I would not want anyone to seek out a rainy track day. But I would say if you're signed up for one and it rains, definitely still go. Yeah. And here's why I say it. Because it completely changes life experience wise what you've done. So that you're gonna have a very different perception when you leave there about grip levels, what's possible. Honestly, the, sorry, I keep bringing up the ring. The ring on some corners has two different racing lines depending upon if the track is wet or dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you go the dry line in the wet, you will spin, which is crazy because when it's dry, it's fine right there. I can go hammer right through there. Right, right. Ridiculous things. So they're, they're, it's, it's like the skid car thing we've done a few times. Yeah. Once you do that, it changes when you get back to normal grip levels. That's the thing about racing in the rain or going, put it another way, going to a track day in the rain. So I would say to you, look, I don't want you to have to do a rainy track day. If you think it's going to rain, don't sign up. I totally get that. Save the money. But if you are signed up and you realize it's raining today, go anyway. I'm with you. I mean, we, we did our first time on Spa Francorchamps mm-hmm. in the rain. We showed up and it was misty and rainy and yes. All Absolutely of the above. Absolutely wet. All of the above. So, no instructor. There's a car. Yeah. Best of luck to Everybody you. Everybody was high-stepping and yeah. uh, just being cool about it. But it informed us so much. And then you concentrate on different things and then add the grip back in. Of course, you know, suddenly you're choosing your line differently. Your mm-hmm. your visibility is affected. And then, you know, add speed and levels of grip. Uh, yeah. You learn so much. Yeah, for sure. So I'm with you. Go learn and go experience it. I don't, you know, wish, it, you know, mm-hmm. if the weather's bad. Yeah, I don't go through with it. But um, otherwise, there's learning to be had. And your driving skills only to improve as a result. Well, and I was – you're right about the spa thing. I was that weird guy that when it started just downpouring the morning, we were going to drive spa for the first time. Paul was like, it's raining. I was like, of course it is. It's spa. Let's do this. He's traction looking at me control. like I'm off. insane. And then I turned the traction control off because I really am that idiot. <laughs> anyway. 
Guys, thank you so much for writing to us. We really appreciate it. Of course, we have a lot of fun. I hope you do too. And uh, yeah, you've heard where to write for the podcast if you've got your own car questions and uh, or car debates. And thank you all for, for listening. Keep rating and reviewing. But as uh, we've talked about before, some people have asked, if I've already rated and reviewed, where else can I go do that? Mm. And that is social media. And that is followers. And that's what we're looking for. On yeah. Instagram specifically yeah. is a, a place that we would love to see growth in. Mm -hmm. That would definitely help us. Certainly any social media, but we love the engagement on there, and that's for quick questions as well. For sure. And sharing the podcast is a big thing that has caused a lot of our growth, so we really appreciate Absolutely. that. And if you're a person that is on IMDb, I, here's the thing. Our TV show, season one and two, are headed to Amazon. Yep. Part of Amazon's algorithm relates to the IMDb rating. Think about that for a moment. If you haven't rated us on IMDb and you would like to, we would appreciate that. I am resisting the urge to rate my own show. I will not do be that guy. I won't. I will not do it. But thank you to those of you that have written uh, reviews there and rated. We really do appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark, inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.